to play in the Super Bowl against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Turn handle in left side. Finds a little bit of a hole, keeps his leg moving. He's across the 40, midfield, 45, he's on the run winch. 40, pushes the man, 35, look at him go. He's down to 20, 15, he could go. He is going to go. Touchdown, Seahawks. Oh, my word. A 67-yard run. Marshawn Lynch, unbelievable. The beast is alive and well. Wide receivers to either side. Russell takes the snap. He drops back. He's going to throw down the middle. He's got a man. Come on. It has been decided, maybe since the safety in the first quarter. 12, they're bringing the trophy home. Your Seahawks, Super Bowl 48 champion. Ladies and gentlemen, Seahawks and football fans everywhere, a very warm welcome back to the We Talk Seahawks podcast. I hope you're all doing well. I hope you all had a lovely festive period, lovely Christmas period and New Year's period. We haven't spoke to you since then, so I hope everyone's had a good one with the family and friends and everything. Yeah, we, we missed a couple of games as well since we've uh, since we've last spoke to you. Um, we missed the Texans, the Rams and the Bears games. Um, two of them, I think we're pretty glad that we missed um, and didn't get the chance to to drop a few F-bombs and a few rants about them. I think, you know, we uh, we saved ourselves for, for a better game to come back to. Um, so it hopefully be a bit more of a positive one tonight. Um, but like I say, we'll, we'll touch on those briefly at the start of the podcast and then we'll get into some of the uh, the Detroit Lions game topics that we've that we've got for you tonight. Um, but as always, I am joined by Positive Pez himself. How are you doing, mate? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Good. Happy New Year and all that. Cheers, Jazz. Yeah, I'm Happy New Year. Since, I know, yeah. Well, you, you spoke to your New Year's Eve, didn't you, with your nice little phone call that you unexpectedly gave me that caught me off, caught me off guard and that, so... But no, yeah, yeah. Hans, what's your sense? He was greeted very nicely. Surprised on this podcast tonight. <laughs> what, what? I'm sure it went along the lines of, what do you want? Uh, yeah, it went something along the lines of that, yeah. I'm just not used to you calling me forward, my friend. Um, Josh, how are you, mate? Yeah, good. Um, finally over the, the dreaded COVID and looking for a, a healthy start to the new year, um, which yeah. is, it's torturous. I'm... I'm hating it and myself at the moment for the lack of calories I'm taking in and the amount of work I'm doing to burn what calories I don't have. So I'm so looking forward to sitting down here with a glass of rum and discussing some football. Oh, now doesn't that just sound lovely? Can't wait. Um, Think of them calories, Josh. Think of them it's calories. rum, it's fine. There's, there's oh, no calories yeah. in rum. Rum kills coronavirus see, anyway. Did, exactly. Did you ever see a fat pirate? There you are. Not on Pirates of the Caribbean, anyway. And that's, that's all I can go off. Um, anyway, 2021 was a pretty pretty crap year, wasn't it, really, Seahawks-wise? So 2022, could it be looking up? I know it's only the Detroit Lions, but the first game in 2022, the first bit of Seahawks thing happening in 2022, and it's a 51-29 win, a 50-burger. My word, I didn't think I'd be saying that, even against the Detroit Lions, but... There we are. 2022 started off more positively, but like you say, we, we did miss a couple of the games, the Bears, the Rams and the Texans. 
Um, we'll, we'll quickly skim over those three games. Any any brief thoughts on any of those games? I mean, Texans really was Rashad Penny's breakout game, wasn't it? That's when he sort of thrust himself back into the discussion in terms of where his career path could go again. Um, the Rams, for me, was just F the refs. I'll, I'll be politically correct there and not use the, the full the full length of that word that I wanted to use because um, we didn't have to get shafted over in that one. I'm talking to you. Hey, no, 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 I'm not going to do it. I'm starting. No, I'm starting. 2022. I see Josh the giggling there. He wants it to. It's not. You're not going to get it out of me. You're not no. going to get it out of me. <laughs> the Bears. Ah, Jimmy Graham. You're breaking my heart, mate. Honestly, I, I, I loved him. I absolutely loved him with the Seahawks, and he's gone and broke my heart with the Bears. So, but I mean, that's not on him. That 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 game was just. Uh, Wow. It, 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 the only thing that could have made that slightly more bittersweet for me is that if Andy Dalton was starting and I could have used that against Pez, if, that, that would have been just hilarious. But the fact it was Nick Foles and I can root for Nick Foles, so I wasn't as hasn't worked off. But that, that, that pretty much iced the season if the Rams lost, didn't already do that. So any any little any little words on those three games before we get stuck into the, the Lions game? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> to, sum, to, sum all, to sum all three up, in my eyes, it's Penny. Yeah. And then inefficiencies. And then the abominable. So I can't say it. I tried saying it off. Uh, abominable. Josh will cover me. Penny. Because <laughs> of the snow. There you are. Lovely. Lovely little reference there. I like it. Anything for you, Josh? No. Um, false hope. Shit yep. show and box goal, snow. So that's literally all I took out of that Bears game. I was like, oh, it's snowing. And then I watched it and went, oh, it's just, that's literally the most exciting thing about this. I know. I, I was more excited than <laughs> the fact that it was going to be a snow game than I was for the actual game. So that tells you something. It's uh, game, that's not in Green heart. Bay. <laughs> I know, yeah. A true broken-hearted 12 right there in Josh's well, yeah. uh, description. Oh, it's what 2021 has did has, has, uh, has done to us. But uh, like you say, it, it, is it looking up? 51 to 29 over the Lions. Let's get into it. Um, I think the first first thing we need to do is, and we normally do the players who sort of do and don't get credit from these games. And I think let, let's just talk about them straight away. That the obvious one, um, it's it's Adrian Peterson 2.0, isn't it? Rashad Penny. You may as well still be out there in his prime. Ten years ago, I mean. What what's happened? Is it is it the influence of Peterson in his ear? Do you think is that playing a bigger part than we that we're given credit for, or or is he just just kicked into gear? I I genuinely think bringing in a a veteran who of his caliber has helped and will help everyone. I mean, but yeah, I think having I said this, bringing AP in, he he's not the most effective because he's getting on and it's a young man's game, but. Yeah. For the benefit of people like Penny and your DJ Dallas's and your Travis Holmes, it's going to be it's going to be such a, a massive learning curve for them because they've not had a world class talent to learn from. It's proved in Penny's game. You know, I'm I'm not completely aboard the hype train yet because no. he's had some good games and he's avoided injury. Um, I know Pez is the conductor of the hype train for, for Penny. <laughs> um, a conductor or fat controller, it depends how good his Christmas was. We've, we've, only, we've only seen his face on this. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's, uh, I don't know, if he carries on going the way he is, he's, he's got to be worth a cheap one-year prove-it deal. Mm. And then 
could see what he does, see if he can stay healthy for a year and keep producing numbers. But I'm, I don't know. I can't put all my faith into it. It's just hard, yet. isn't it? It's hard. It, it's such a hard one for me because, like, say, it, and we've said it again on this podcast before. Talent-wise, that's never been the problem with Rashad Penny. Mm. Although you know, people can say, "Oh, you, you shouldn't really take first, you know, first-round guys like running backs in the first round anymore," and that's an outdated thing and and everything like that. But you know, talent-wise, you can see some reason as to why they would have taken him where they, they they would have taken him if he'd have stayed healthy for the past what is it four years obviously now um i mean could you imagine this standard of play for the last four years if this is richard penny when he's healthy he's playing like it he'd be a top five back in the nfl potentially so you know and then everyone would have been saying oh what pick that was fair enough for taking him then he's, he's now a top five you know running back in the nfl conversation so and then like you say it, it is it's always just been the health and the injuries and it is so hard because I think fair play to Lab, whatever he's done now, whether it's with the Seahawks or with someone else, I think he's earned himself a contract for next year, yeah. you know, now definitely. And that was up until, like say, the Texans game, that was something that, you know, could have been a real possibility that wouldn't have happened. You know, he could have been out of the league after this, after this, you know, fifth year option not being picked up. Um, so, yeah, I think. Cheap, cheap prove deal will do it. I mean, 170 yeah. yards, wasn't it? On Sunday. Ridiculous. And that, that's, that is ridiculous. And if he could come in and keep doing what he's been doing mm. to, even if he's got to share the running back room with Carson, mm-hmm. then that's a good one-two punch tandem. But I'm just, I'm, I, I, I feel remiss to say, let's just sign him straight away and make an RB one or because I, I, I don't have that much faith yet. I need yeah. him to prove that I can stay fit mentally. I think he's there now. I think mm. he knows what he can do, and he said that in his in his sort of um, his after match sort of presses. Just said, look, AP has reminded me, I'm a two hundred odd pound back mm-hmm. who can move. So mm-hmm. he's now realised that he can use his feet to get through a gap rather than trying to run straight up the arse of one of the old linemen and mm-hmm. get nowhere. So it's having its benefits, but I just need to see it constantly. I need to see it from the start of next year, and for him to kick on. Mm. and not get injured and I will be happy to to sing his praises I'll be all aboard your hype train Pez come on Mr Fat Conductor what what, what are you saying on Penny <laughs> wow hey that's Josh's words am I just, words, getting, am I just getting abused <laughs> today that's Josh's words happy new year bully bully Pez in 2022 yeah. cheers Josh you sacked see you later <laughs> um, no I just my concerns with Penny, because you kind of n- hit the nail on the head with him, like there's no point me repeating what you two just said. I disagree with Josh. If Carson does come back, you might as well just let Penny leave. Because Penny's proven. Now, all these big games, he started off really slow for a couple of series, built into the game, and then he's unstoppable. And I know, fair enough, you can argue the case that it was the Texans, it was the Bears, and it was the Lions. Mm. And then in the Rams game, he didn't do much. But I'm not going to lie, I didn't re-watch it. So was that because he wasn't used as much by Pete Carroll? I don't know. But the games he has, you could say that. But the thing is, in all of them, is... It takes him a little while to warm up, and then he's unstoppable. It's it literally mirror image. All all three of his big games are all mirror image. Mm. And don't get me wrong. Do you know the difference is this old line 
actually blocks for him really well. They find gaps. They, they create gaps. They block up front for him really well to give him time because there's sometimes where he's in the backfield kind of finding where he can go. And they're blocking that well. That he, and then he shoots out because all the defenders, all like, the Lions defenders are all rushing in to try and like smother him. And then there's the gap because the Lions like, held up so well for him. I don't know whether that's because of the improved O-line play or they just respond better to Penny. But with that being said, you can't bring Chris Carson back as your RB1 and then expect Penny to then be RB2 because he's proven he needs time to warm up and Pete Carroll doesn't use his RB2s in a in a split backfield. It's your, I'm going to ride the death of one and then you'll come in when they're gassed. Now, this brings me on to another point where I'm really concerned about him is he does have injury issues and I was watching him when they panned in on him towards the back end of the game and I put it in our group chat. He looked gassed. He looked he looked I mean, fucked. Blowing out but, of his ass. But Pete Carroll just rode him to death, kept on going, riding him to death. My biggest concern is if Pete Carroll stays in this team, he probably will sign Rashad Penny back unless there's a team out there who's like, nah, we're going to pay him more and we're going to take him. Well, it's very likely because if he has a big game against the Cardinals, really, if he has a shit game against the Cardinals, it's good for us in the sense of get him on the cheap. Mm. If he has a big game against the Cardinals, obviously probably not the stats he put up this, this week, but if he got near 100 yards against the Cardinals rushing, like... Yeah. I, I think the Seahawks might be hard-pressed to even get him back because he's a free agent. Mm. I think there'll be a team out there who will take him. And then going back to what I said about if Pete's still here next year, he will definitely want him back because he'll see him as, oh, I could ride this guy, but then that's what I'm worried about. Pete will probably sign him to too much money, ride him to death like he did in this game, and then he'll break apart halfway through next year. Do you, do you not think him his warming up though it it can come down to a few factors um one the increased amount of play action that we're running um and two off the back of that schematically we're we're playing to open up holes for him because with the play action and we've said this before it allows Russ to either hand it to his running back or he can go for the throw, which then draws in the defenders towards the runner, which then allows space over the top. But then they go, oh, shit, is it actually going to be a runner or is it going to be over the top? And from what I've seen, he does warm up. He gets, he gets to a point where he starts like running through. But then we've also seen games where the first run he's had, he's run for 10 yards, a first down every time. So that's not exactly a warm-up. And a matter of riding him, he did. We did see Dallas and Homer come into the game when he looked knackered. So I think he's got a fitness issue, but that might be again because of how long he's had on the sideline. He's not match fit because fitness and game and match fitness are completely different things. You can train till the like. Look at Chris Carson. You look at all of his Instagrams and everything. He is a beast in the gym, but put him in a game and he's injured. So I think it's a matter of getting the more Penny plays, the more fitness he'll get in the correct scenarios. And then from there, he'll start to be able to push on. But at the moment, I'm, again, like I said, I'm, I'm sitting on the back seat just waiting. And on, if we re-sign him, fair play. On, on the 
other side of looking at it, though, is um, he's a big guy breaking off these massive runs. He, he was evident. He, he found a hole, didn't he? Um, was it in the first quarter? One of his first big gash plays, maybe 20, 30 yards. And then he almost had, he put his head down. Like, he had to get his momentum back again. Like, he was like, oh, fuck, I've got all this space in front of me. I'm going to run. Now, when you're finding them holes all the time, like you said, it probably is match fitness because he's been out for so long. It's still a bit of mental confidence, like I've mentioned off air to you two. Like, I feel like a few of the niggles through this season have solely been more mental than actually physical. As soon mm. as he, he feels something tighten or twinge, he's like, oh, no, 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 no. And then he bottles it. And then maybe... Adrian Peterson's come in and just been like, no, bro, listen, like, I've been in this league how long? That's not an injury. That's just a niggle you just got to work through. And then he's built on that. Um, it just, it does, it concerns me. It concerns me moving forward that um, he could get broken by Pete if Pete's still here next year, like I said. But the warming-up issue, he's always been an RB1. And I worry that Pete will re-sign him, but then put him, like, maybe get a veteran piece or maybe put him back into an RB2 role for whatever reason. If you're going to re-sign him, he's, he's got to be your number one, hasn't he? Yeah, but I think we're also looking at the fact that we're, there's a possibility of us re-signing Chris Carson. You know, he might be done in didn't football. He just, didn't he just re-sign last year? Chris yeah, he Carson. did, but... If he's injured and is no longer allowed to return medically, no, no, but no, but if that is the case, then great, get get Penny back because then he's the RB one. It's like mm. multiple people have said he he was the lead back in high school, he's the lead back in college. He came to the NFL, wasn't the lead back, and he's not done that well, and everyone's wondered why. And now he's got the role all to himself, and it's another mental thing. He knows there's no Homer and Dallas aren't good enough. Even though I love myself a bit of DJ Dallas and he has the potential, it, it winds me up because I still believe DJ Dallas is one of these kids who will grow, just on a quick side thing here. He's one of these guys who will keep on growing. He's shown growth this year, but he's not at the level of what Penny can produce. So Penny knows this. Penny knows no one can challenge me here. So it's all me against me. And that's where we need Rashad Penny. If Chris comes back, what, in my personal opinion, as a running back with a neck issue, I very much doubt it. Because how willing is he going to be to smash through a gap like he does and have guys twice the size of him crushing his skull, crushing his back? You're just not going to do it. Josh, you know you've had spinal injuries. You probably know better than any of us what implements and what mental toll that could take on him. No, it's, it's massive, especially in, in a position where, like in in my sport, you're taught to lead in with your shoulder and take a step. In American football, it's a matter of you will just go head first as quickly and as hard as possible. And if you have got a spinal injury like Chris Carson has, that could be not only career ending, that could be a life threatening, or you know, at the very least, you could lose the use of your legs. You know, depending on where his injury is. We don't have a lot of information on it. I've been trying to find out exactly what it is, but I've not found anything yet. Do you not, so do you, if, any, if any listeners know, feel free just to tweet do you us. Not, do you not think, though, because it is very hush-hush, a lot of the pages 
on Instagram and Twitter, I go on and they're quite good with up-to-date things. And especially with the... Do you not think it is concerning that no one spoke about it? I think, I think it's a matter of just trying to play it down, isn't it? People don't want people to sort of go, oh, my God. I think it's, 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 it's not... I think the organisation as well don't want to show their hand to it. In terms of when it comes yeah. to, like, free agency and stuff like that, if, mm. if, if teams know and players know that, right, you're, Chris Carson's injured, you're not getting him back... You know, you've got to pick up. You've got to decide whether you want to pick up Rashad Penny. If you're a free agent running back, and Seattle gives you a call, you you know fine well that I can get as much money out of these lot because they're desperate. Yeah, they're desperate. So, I, I think that's possibly playing into it. Don't get me wrong. I think you know Carson's injury is probably quite you know complex, and they, they probably haven't got that much information at this point, and it'll probably rumble on well into free agency as to whether Carson will come back on it. But that I think that plays into it as well. Um, like I say, for me, I, I I'm, I'm like I say, I'm, I'm on the fence. I, I love Rashad Penny with his ability. Um, like you say, there's not many guys that have his frame and can... I mean, he, he was the, the best kick returner in college, like the most kick returns for the touchdowns in in, in the years that, you know, before before we drafted him and, and, in, and in the draft and everything. So he's he is a unique build with the speed that he's got and the agility. He's a power back that is elusive as most sort of elusive backs. So... If you can keep him healthy, like you say, Rashad Penny is undoubtedly a, a fantastic running back at the NFL level. It's just whether the injuries, and like you say now, could Peterson have came in and said, look, mate, you know, maybe these few injuries that you were getting earlier in, in your career, maybe they aren't as bad as either you made out them to be or you thought they weren't. Like you can play, these are the type of things you've got to play through. Like you say, like you say, Pez, maybe that comes into it. I don't know. Um, if, 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 if the option's there, like you say, we've got to see what they're doing free agency as well. But if the option's there and, and it is a one-year cheap prove-it deal, then, yeah, I'm open to doing it at this point. Um, but like you say, it, it's not someone that... It, it, it's like with the centre thing. If, if you go into the the next season... like We went into this season with Ethan Porsick as our start, and we were happy with that and, that, and that was our comfort blanket. So if we go into next season and we have our comfort blanket and we go in, you know, just expecting Rashad Penny to be the starting running back, mm. I think, I think, unfortunately, I think it would come back to bite them at some point with his injury history. Um, so they can't afford to do that. But look, I, I think you say Rashad Penny has got a future in the league, in my opinion, if he can stay healthy, and, and I think he's earned his future in the league with his with his past few performances. So um, yeah, it, it, it's it's an interesting one. Whilst, um, just quickly, whilst we're on the running back position in a whole, it, it, it does scratch my head a little bit to everyone, like a lot of the Americans speak about Josh Johnson and he got a lot of hype and rave. It might just be a simple indicator that he's not good enough. But against the Lions, like it's surely the perfect opportunity to just bring him in and give him some game time, give him some reps and let's let's see what he can do. You've got nothing to lose at this point. It's it, it's not even that fit. I, I get exactly what you mean because I've, I've said this previously and obviously I've said this in the group. I just want to see some of the young lads get a go. For me, it's if you are not going to blood some of your younger talent, your rookies who have just been on the, the practice squad or have been in the, the main squad but haven't got any reps, why would you not pick this game? And based on the way it ended, with us just quite simply going, we'll just take a knee twice. We know we've got this. If that's the case, why didn't you just use it? If you knew you had it, why didn't you just use it as an opportunity to get some people some game time? Cody Barton came in. 
for the first time in I can't remember how long. And Pez, you're going to love this conversation because yeah, we're going to talk about how he complimented your man. But Cody Barton came in after having limited reps throughout the year. He comes on as a bit part player, plays some special teams, but he came in, got some reps, actually looked good. At, that, at the line of scrimmage, he looked solid. He was stopping the run. He was going after the quarterback. You know, he was just making a nuisance of himself. And that's what happens when you get people those reps and that game time. Now, these rookies that we've got, that we drafted, whether they're, they're un, like, undrafted free agents or we've drafted them, which, let's face it, we had three in the draft last year and they've all sort of come through anyway. But all those undrafted free agents, why are they not getting a chance? If depending on what the Seahawks want to do, you want to look at these the UDFAs and go, right, here's your chance to shine. I want to give you a game in the NFL. Can you make our roster next year? Do you are we going to offer you a contract? Yeah. Because let's face it, there's going to be some stripping back of this squad in the uh, the off season, I think. It's a different yeah. conversation though. There certainly is. It's like say, a different conversation. Um <laughs> Is, is is there any is there any anyone else in terms of we think that deserves a mention from um, the, the Lions' performance? Yeah, well, we've got quite a few, haven't we? We could be on this fucking yeah positive. What I'm going to do though is I'm going to chuck it out to you. Is I'm going to say a, a massive positive without going off on a different tangent with it is the use of receivers. I've got the stat sheet up here, and I'll quickly go through it. DK Metcalf eventually looks like he's been resurrected from the dead with nine targets. Tyler Lockett with three. Gerald Everett with five. Rashad Penny got three targets in the past game as well as all the running he did. Freddie Swain, two. Eskridge, three. Disley, Penny Hart, and um, Colby Parkinson, one apiece. Now, I just look at that and I just think... that's all we've been. Uh, what what's so hard with that? We've had conversations in the past with like you don't pass to you don't pass to Penny Hart on third and blah blah blah. The way we played against the Leggings, it doesn't matter who you pass to on third down mm. because when it's it, when it runs like it it did in that game, like I think we all thought it was meant to. It doesn't matter who you pass to because yeah. Russ loves Penny Hart. They have a they have a good bond. It seems like anyway, every preseason they're doing all these mad tricks together, yeah. and then it comes to the season and he never gets schemed in. So it is that's a massive positive in itself. Obviously, it's also a bit annoying because it happened when it doesn't matter anymore. So you're scratching your head on the flip side, going, "Why haven't you done this when it mattered?" Without yeah. going too without going too off subject, keep it like just to the positive of all oh, them receivers getting in because obviously yeah. we've got a guest on who, where we're going to break all that kind of side of it down. We do, yeah. More info on that in the uh, in the coming days and stuff, but yeah, we can, do. Can we also say talking about the receivers? Freddie Swain had two targets, two receptions, and made sixty-five yards. He made more yards. The DK Metcalf, only two, but still, yeah. Come on, it, he's the, turned the into credit. like you say. He's turned into someone. Do you know what he is? He he, he goes. I wouldn't say he goes missing for ninety percent of the game, but it's it's like you don't see him, and then all of a sudden 
he gets one target, he takes it for 50 yards or a massive big chunk play, and you go, oh, there's Freddie Swain. And it's yeah. like, <laughs> it does make things happen. Like, it, I think he's only got sort of like, I looked at some of his stat lines this, from like his season and everything, and over his like 32 games that he's played in the NFL, he's only actually got like five touchdowns and 490 something career yards. So it doesn't leap off the charts, if you know what I mean. But Freddie Swain is, is, is developing into a really nice complementary player that you can rely on to get some nice chunk players. Another um, solid player from the U. Yeah, like I say, for a seventh round pick, I mean, I'm not expecting Freddie Swain to be a thousand yard receiver, but if if that if this is what we're getting for a seventh round pick, a, a receiver that can contribute what Freddie Swain does, you can wag your finger all you want and do crocodile hands all you want, positive pez. But he, I, I I like him, and I think he, he he's finding his role in this in this passing game in this offense, in my opinion. So he he's he's one that gets credit. The, Go on. The cro- the crocodile things, it wasn't anything to do with you. It's because Josh said he's from the U, but he wasn't. He was from the Florida oh. Gators. Oh, the Gators. Yeah, the oh, U. Was he a Gator? I, I thought he was. Yeah. I was Dallas um, from the U, isn't he? Yeah. And... I thought he was a U. Yeah. I thought he was from the U, but he's not. Dallas and Homer are from the U. That's it. And right. he and came from the Gators. Forsyth and Swain are from the Gators. Yeah, because that's why I like, I, I like Swain coming out. So I wasn't disrespecting you, James, because I agree with you. I do really like Thank him. Thank you. I liked him because the Gators, they produced really good, like, under-the-radar receivers, except for, you know, your Kadarius Tony and Kyle Pitts and all them yeah. kind of big names. Like, yeah. Freddie Swain was very productive for them. But yet again, it's just scheming him into the game. Like, yeah. you said to us off-air, James, watch his mic'd up against the Rams. Mm. And you watch that, and obviously it's only, uh, um, it's only the context of being filmed on him. Yeah. But, you watch him when he's on the field running routes and that, and he's always he's always beating his guy. Whether that's mm-hmm. because the play's already broken down and the defender kind of already knows he's all right or whatever, yeah. because you only get a close up of him running. But he looks like he's really sharp with his route running as well. And you, mm-hmm. well, two for six. He looks, he looks like. I'm not going to say he is, but he looks like, and he plays like Tyler Lockett in the sense that he, he he just gets those unpredictable. He is good at his route running, which which Lockett is, but all of a sudden you find him on those busted coverages and those where you just sneak him into the offense, and and all of a sudden he's there, and and that that is those type of receivers, you know, the Baldwin's and the Curses and the Lockett's and now the Swain's. Those are the the receivers that Russell Wilson has found best. Not these polished route runners like you, I don't know, your Julio Joneses or your Devontae Adams or, or people like that who are just purely not not athletes as such and, and they're just you know that they're, they're open because their route running is spectacularly good it, it's Russell's worked with you know Lockett Baldwin Kurt all these people who rely on unpredictability at that position that's where they thrive and Swain is another one of these guys who like you say he, he does run his routes well but the, the players and the chunk players that he gets are on busted coverages where you just sneak him in or, or he's running, you know, see, the player breaks down and he makes something happen with his, you know, decision making. And, and that's where Russell's at his best. And that's that's the receivers that he works best with, in my opinion. So I think Swain is, is finding his role in the offense. I think he's found it and I think he'll only start to build on it as we go on. Um, so he's one that gets credit as well. He's got um, something what plays in his favour. I think going down is he's really good mates with DK. Yeah. And I think it might help him, you know, develop with Russ. If if there isn't a, like people are trying to people are just trying to pull narratives out of everything. Um if there is isn't a rift between Russ and DK and things, yeah. it could help 
Freddie come along, you know, with Russ, and it might be a chemistry thing, but like you said, you do scratch your head and think, well, it can't be a chemistry thing because he's he's doing all this unscripted stuff, and Russ is trusting him with some like heavily deep balls and maybe sometimes in contested coverage. Yeah. He's still going for it. So clearly Russ trusts him. He, then you just got to think, is he just not being schemed up that much? Is he just, is, is it a scheming thing? Is it just like a DK and Tyler are your one, two, and then Freddie's there if everything breaks down and you need to dump it off or he manages to get himself free deep. Uh, it is a weird one. I'd like to see more of him, but I reckon with next week, yeah, with next week, I think it's going to be a. We're going to have to wait till next year because I have a funny feeling that next week we're not going to see this fun Madden style offense that we enjoyed this week. It's going yeah. to be a bit more conservative. Pete, I can't be embarrassed against the Cardinals, so I'm going to take control again. I, and then I they're going to lose. Just gone. Pete's just chucked it all in the fuck it bucket now and gone. You know what, Waldron, just go for it. Like I think we've seen flashes of it now, and I think if if Pete has for the whole season put the kibosh on a lot of Waldron's calls offensively, but now he's reached that point where he's gone. Can't lose anything now. Like I was trying to nurture the guy running through the season, which is why I've tried to implement my play and. You know, say we can't do various things in this playbook. Yeah. If after this game, it, it, right, let's not get ahead of ourselves. It's the Detroit Lions. They mm. are a fucking dumpster fire. They've got Dan Campbell, who I said, genuinely, for a man taking over a team like this, he's made them quite entertaining to watch. They try things and they, they make entertaining plays. Mm-hmm. But if that was Waldron's offense, Pete must look at that and go, 51 points put on the board. You know, some of them were by JMI. You know, I can't take that away from him. He actually had a decent game. But he's got to look at that and go, that is a good return. Like, yeah. why, don't, why don't I just give, like, Waldron the keys to the car for the Cardinals game and just let him give it a go? Because what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. I, go on. I, re- I really hope I'm wrong. And I hope you're right. But for as long as I've been watching Pete Carroll, and have and have my opinions on him. I, I just I do not see it one little bit. I don't because no. Pete doesn't believe in fifty points. Pete doesn't believe in any of that. And like I said to you two off air, like I honestly believe it is with all the narratives being chucked around about everything, I think it's more of a it's the Lions. Go on, Shane, do what you want. Because clearly Pete didn't have Pete would have been happy because of all the running that was going down. Yeah. Like, me, he's, he's loving life. But the up-tempo, every, everything about that game screamed nothing about Pete. Well, that's what, it, it wasn't even like the play calls for me. It was just how effective it was. Everything, there wasn't a busted player. It, was, it just worked. There was, there was, there, exactly. There was no conservativeness about it. Yeah. What was it? Let, let's break it down then because it is a positive. Well, um, other, other than taking a knee on the one-yard line. Yeah, you know I mean, but we're not going to get into that because that pissed me no. off beyond words. No. Um, so what was it? Was it like second and 14? Yeah. And then did Russ do a quick dump off for six or seven yards? And then he had a couple, he had like eight yards to make up and then yeah. did another quick dump off and got got it. And it was just efficient and efficient, efficient. Yeah. In Carol in that situation, it's, 
quick screen to Travis Holmer, see what he can do, and then let's just give it up and go and have tea and biscuits on the side. Yeah. Um, I just, I hope, like I said at the original thing, I hope, I hope you're right, Josh, and I hope you can laugh at me next week and you can go, told you, you fat <laughs> controller. Well, you've had one, you've had an I told you so moment, so I'm due one. There we go. Can can I mention someone else before we move on to the players that we didn't get any like don't deserve credit as well? Um, Michael Jackson. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. <laughs> what? One minute. One minute. One minute. One minute. One minute. Because essentially, <laughs> essentially, right here we we haven't got many negatives to speak about. So should we just finish off the offense because? We can't leave the offense without talking about DK. We just can't do it. You, you can't go three touchdowns, nine receptions, and not give him. Yeah, but Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but, but, but fair Michael enough. Jackson, the D- defense. D- will get on the DK's defense. Done, after. DK's done DK things, but <laughs> Michael <Yeah>. Jackson. <laughs> Quality, but you know what? It's not even just that funny little Who sound. Who did that then? Was it? Did, did you just have a sound? Yeah. Oh, you fucking a Michael Jackson soundboard thing for me for purely for that segment. So I'm getting your money's worth. Is, is this after what I said in the group? Is that... yeah. But do you know what? He, other than the other than the funny name and the funny, he played well. That's he why did. I'm giving him credit. He actually came in and played pretty well. So Honestly, is that another cornerback was... find? Is he like seventh seventh string? Oh, I, oh seven yeah. string CB, isn't he? Like that. I again, I thought he played really well. Yeah, you you didn't see a lot get past him, or, or what did get past him? You thought well, fair enough. Like if you are trying to, you know, man Mark Armand Ross St. Brown, who had a fantastic game, which pains yeah. me to say, but he's a bloody brilliant find. Um, you know, he, he did really well. You, you can't take it past him. And then obviously you've got DJ Reed on the other side. Mm-hmm. Just did DJ Reed things. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, DJ Reed forgot to give him a little mention there. Two interceptions for him. Um, but like I say, we, we started to become accustomed to that with DJ as well. And uh, I didn't, I didn't try and do the he he thing, by the way, as well, because I, I had a, I had a feeling that wolves might have started howling at the moon and, and dogs might have started barking on the street. So as much as I wanted to, I thought I'd, I'd get this little soundboard up that I found. But yeah, is, is that another, is that another project that we might see going forward? Little, little MJ doing the, uh, or if he, if he scores a touch, if he takes it like for a pick six or something, he's uh, got. It's got to be a moonwalk, can it? Oh, it's got to either be the moonwalk or a thriller. thriller or something like. Wouldn't that just be quality? <laughs> we could be losing fifty-one to twenty-nine at that point, and I would, and that would be a win. That 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 would just be brilliant. But uh, let's get on to the defense then. As, as Pez as Pez states, who is there anyone on defense who we thought um, did well or did did badly? I'm just looking at the stats and DJ Reed, man. Yeah, quality. I know it's I know it's the Lions, but fuck me, mate. Seven tackles, seven solos. So obviously he's a cornerback, so he's probably he's more than likely he's going to get his. But seven, so that that to me tells me that they tried him quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. And then f- three pass breakups and two interceptions. Like that's just a day, you know. That is just a day. Yeah, hell of a day. Um, I thought someone that another cornerback that didn't have as much of a good day was Ugo Amadi. I know he got the interception that he almost fucking tried to well. lose. I know. I know. I'm, I'm sorry, man. I, I like, I like Ugo's personality. I like his attitude, but 
I've just never been sold on him at his position. I don't think he's a he's a long term answer there. Because he doesn't have a position. He's not a corner. Well, he's not a safety. He's not a slot safe. He has no idea where he's going to be. And I don't think the Seahawks know swear, where he needs to be either. I swear at one point. I swear at one point they had him um, at linebacker. I swear he's next to Jordan Brooks. Yeah, no, they they played him played him towards the line at some points. Just a fucking baffled just, me. Just fucking Madden shit we were watching on fucking Sunday night. Like, Maybe that was oh, it. Fuck it, fuck it. Put Bobby on fucking my receiver. Let's tie ten. Let's see what Bobby can do. Yeah, that's not it. a bad shout, that Pez. Well, not not any, not at the moment. It's not, not actually Dunlap. Well, I reckon Dunlap would love a go at fucking tight end receiving some passes. Hey, Dunlap would be a good tight end. That, that's a it, shout, though. Yeah, is he like speed? That. How old is that guy? Yeah, it's not, it How wasn't very much. Oh, he's 32. 32, 33, yeah. isn't he? All right, my age, old prick. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, he, young much, he wasn't much use as a pass rusher, though, was it? I mean, they, they didn't, I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't get Matt, a single sack. they didn't get a no. single sack against the Lions. Oh, so, 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 there's, there's, there's poor. I'll save, I'll save what uh, my uh, negative on the defense um, for a minute, but just looking at, um, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, see, Cody Barton, I'm going to give him some love, but I'm, it's going to be a bit of a backhanded compliment here. Oh, good. So, the, the, the what? I just said, oh, good, because he doesn't deserve a, a firm, right, 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 front handed right, right, right. one. Or so, he had a really good game. He had he a really did. good game. He did. But the issue is, like people have alluded to, Jordan Brooks's coverage skills yeah. are a bit, Behave yourself, Josh. <laughs> Doing that recording this video. <laughs> no, because it's been alluded to that his coverage skills aren't that good, but Cody Barton's just the same. But I think Cody Barton's probably worse. Oh, he is worse. Yeah. Um, and so he's he's a good open. He's he's just like Jordan Brooks. He's a great open field tackler. He's great at getting to the line and yeah. hitting someone. He's always been good at that. Yeah. But he's he's not that good in coverage. So no. the so he had a good game, but then. The thing what our linebackers are struggling with at the moment is because even pe- even though like people think that the sun shines out of Bobby's ass, he's not been that great in coverage himself this year. They've all struggled across the board. Yeah. The one thing Jordan's got better with is sniffing out screens. Yeah. So if he started the year, everyone was slagging him off because screens were meant to be his bag. End of the year, you don't really see a screen getting run against us because he's there. He he mm. da- he. he he realizes it and he's on it. So I, I said it to use off the thing because I've not looked into this, but I said it to use about Jordan Brooks. Um, because surely they're gonna put him into middle linebacker. Kind of concerns me. Josh made a good point um when we were talking about it that Cody's been here a lot longer. So mm. he probably is the better option in the middle. But you don't draft Jordan Brooks in the middle, who's pretty much got the same attributes as Bobby to then mm. not transition him into the middle and you keep him at Will or Sam or whichever position they want to put him at now. Mm. However, he has played every game at Will, hasn't he? So, mm. why, if he's... Look, look at his tackle count. What, is he six behind? I'm going to get onto that. Bobby? Yeah. Right. So, if he's playing that well in that position this year... Why move him across for the last two games when you've got someone like Cody Barton who can come in and fill a gap? Mm-hmm. One might up the world, but let's face it, based on the way our D-line's gone, 
the reason why someone like well, why Jordan Brooks and Bobby Wagner have both got so many tackles is because people are breaking through it anyway. So yeah. leave Jordan where he is, and then in the off season, depending on what happens with Bobby, then transition Jordan to it. So Jordan knows how to read the game plan and knows how to knows what to be doing on a professional level. But then I I do understand where you're coming from there. But then he excels at middle linebacker. That's where he played at Texas Tech. I'm pretty like. But has he played linebacker. there? Has he played there in the NFL? He might have had a few series, only a couple. Mm. But the thing is, my, yeah, sorry, mate. But, but my thing is, it's, it's it's a bit like I said it to you um, in the chat with Jordan Brooks. I don't know whether because he's been so used to being the number one guy. Mm. He, he, he Texas Tech, he was the guy on the defense. He was the guy. Now, is he another one like Rashad Penny who just need essentially he needs? to have the role for himself for us to see what he's truly capable of. And it, and it, don't get me wrong, I'm not fucking all up his ass. Like, it could be, if that is the case, it could be a warning sign because then that shows his character, what's his character truly like and things. Obviously, mm. just speculating, really. But, um, yeah, I really wanted to see him there. But like Josh yeah. said, probably... the. From the team point of view, it doesn't matter what Pez from Preston in England <laughs> thinks about well, where his favourite player on the Seahawks should be playing. Yeah, well, like I said, I, I'm I'm in the camp of, with you, Pez, because for me, and we'll get and I'll bring it, we'll, we'll bring this topic in now that we're on it, you know. Um, but for me, if if that was Bobby's last game as a Seahawk, then you're gonna have to start addressing the future at that middle linebacker. We all know that Jordan can play at that will spot, but if 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 that is the last game, which I'll ask you in a minute, if you think it was his last game, if it is, then what do they do at that middle linebacker position? Because you know they haven't got a first round at this moment in time, and they haven't got a first round pick to address the top middle linebacker, you know, prospect potentially in the first round next year. So then it's free agents, and you know, as far as I'm aware, it doesn't look like a fantastic class. Maybe a Bud Dupree could come in, or someone like a Leighton Vanderesh is a un- unrestricted free agent from the Cowboys. But then, you know, Bud Dupree's been injury prone quite a lot. Leighton Van Der Esch has been injured a little bit as well. So it, it they're going to have to find... And for me, like, in, in my opinion, against the Cardinals, there is no harm in slotting Bobby... Um, Bobby, sorry, Jordan, into into the middle linebacker spot against a legit Cards offence and seeing if he can be that field general, see if he can call the, you know, call the players in that in the whole like Bobby's been doing and just see if he can, you know... It, it, if, and if he does... Then can you, that takes so much pressure off that that spot going going ahead. If if Brooksy can fill in, he plays at middle linebacker against the Cardinals, plays a really good game against Kyler Murray and and all the offensive weapons that that the Cardinals have got. Then then that would ease such a big potential headache potentially going forward. Because I'll tell you what, middle linebacker is such a harder position to replace than a, than weak side linebacker in my opinion. Um, because like you say, they're the ones like you say, Bobby, he's the field general. The middle linebackers are the ones that you know. Typically, you, you know your, your leaders, your captains, the ones calling the players. If Brooksy can fill in and do that, you can you can you can fill weak side linebacker easier, in my opinion. So um, I'll, I'll throw that question out to you guys now that we're on it. It was that Bobby's last game in in Seattle with with the knee injury now as well. I want to go first. Yeah, because my my view on it is obviously whilst we're recording. 
it's a bit up in the air. Some people are saying he's not playing. Some people are saying he is. Yeah. Um, Peak, I think, came out in his presser and said that they need to, he needs to protect him. Mm. Now, you could read it two ways there. Like, it could just be a soul. You need to protect him. What's the point in playing him? Yeah. We don't need to play him. Nothing's yeah. on the line. So why risk him doing something really wrong? Or yeah. it's a case of, we're not going to play him because we need to protect him because in the off-season, he needs to be healthy because he might need a new team. So yeah. I think with the way Pete said it, it's almost like you can get two answers out of it. And I think they're both correct because everyone's saying it, 20, 20 mil cap hit is, is a big hit it's and the money will save. It's, it's such it, a hard one, isn't it's, it? It's, hor- it's so horrible to say, but... It's it's like we said multiple times on the podcast ourselves. Sometimes you just got to let them go to progress. Don't don't get me wrong. I don't think that Bobby's holding us back in anything. No. His leadership is everything. It it's so hard because it it's his locker room presence. Yeah, it's his presence around all the rookies, not just on the defense, in the whole building because it's Bobby fucking Wagner. He's, he's that last bastion of the LOB, isn't he? He's that last. As soon as you get rid of Bobby Wagner, that era is officially it's, completely done, isn't it? It's it's not really about. I don't, I don't think it's really about the LOB because he's his, no. he's his, he's his stand. He's his standalone. The LOB oh, was yeah. a group. He's a one man monster. Yeah. Who stands? In my opinion, he stands above them for yeah, years of service and mm-hmm. the way when. This defense for years has been crumbling around him. Who's the one person who stayed relevant? Who's yeah. the one person out of all the player rankings and all the polls or linebacker? Who's the one who's always been one or two? Who's the one who's never caused any drama as well? It's Bobby, isn't it? Is he, the ideal? He is the leader of the team. One thing about Bobby is, I remember listening to a podcast. Um, what he did a couple of years back, and. On there, he said that he, in his opinion, he'd like to leave the game before... He said something like, he'd like to leave the game before the game takes him. I'm guessing right. he means by, do you know, he, like before his body, yeah, body he breaks will, he down. He wants to leave with his own free will rather than being forced yeah. to retire. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and because he's like, he was he, he was a really good podcast to listen to to understand him more as a person, like into yeah. his books, his business, his other ventures, he's like, because it was like, oh, would you stay in football? He's like, well, no. He's yeah. like, no, because I give him my whole life to football and I've got so much more I want to go and do with myself. I'm yeah. not just Bobby Wagner, the football player. And people are just like, oh, but you cut Bobby and he goes somewhere else. It's like, but I I don't know. I just think he might. I just I just think if the Seahawks want to go that route, I, I, he might. I know he said in his press conference he's got a lot more football in him. Mm. But I don't know if the Seahawks cut him if he just goes, all right, then. Yeah, the thing is, though, 20 million as a a cap hit sounds massive, and it is big for a middle linebacker. But as as you both said, quite rightly, James, you said it's all the intangibles that he offers as well. It's his leadership. It's Mm. the locker room presence. It's the guidance he offers to the youth. It's that, that calm head that doesn't start any drama in the organisation. And people look up to that. And 
I think the salary cap's increasing next year as well. We've already got salary cap that we didn't use this year. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, we, we won't get talking about a certain other person because we do that a lot, and that will be, that'll do whatever happens there happens. Yeah. And that'll affect the salary cap as well. But let's not forget, like, that salary cap is increasing. We can accommodate it. And I've, I've, I've been quite adamant about burning down the house and starting a new and whatnot. But I think someone like Bobby, I don't think you can overlook what he offers. However, and this is the flip side of that coin, for 20 mil next year, if, because his body's aging, he's in tip-top condition, but if he gets injured again and he's out for whoever knows how long, just theoretically... Jordan Brooks takes his place. Jordan Brooks excels. What then? You have Bobby. You have Bobby on the sideline for twenty mil. You know, do it just just leading people, which is fine if you've got twenty mil to burn, but you can put it somewhere else. Now that this is where I really sit on the fence. I hate being a fence sitter. I don't like grey areas. But I, I want Bobby for being Bobby, but I also want that money for the cap, so we can use it to rebuild in the positions that need rebuilding because we've already got a ready-made replacement for Bobby Wagner. Mm. We've got some deputies behind them. Let's not forget like Ben Burke Irving is going to be coming back as well. Who's not going to light up the league, but he's, he's proficient. Mm. We've got Cody Barton who came in, did a decent job, you know, offering something different. You'll have, you know, Jordan Brooks will be in the middle. And then you'll have extra money to play with. Bobby will go off and earn some money, play something, play some football somewhere else, and then retire when he wants, because that's what Bobby can do. And he can go off and do his all of his financial advisory stuff, whatever he wants to do. I I've just talked myself into saying let Bobby go. I, I'm um, in the yeah, because it, it, it's for me. It's like live on the podcast. Oh, no, yeah. Talk yourself <laughs> into. But you know these, these, these are the conversations I have to have with myself internally all the time. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but you're right. It's like Bobby. If whatever Bobby decides to do, I won't hold anything against him. Like Bobby, no. we don't. He doesn't owe anything to the to the team to the franchise anymore. If Bobby says I'm done. None of us can be bitter, like salty. We can we'll be upset. Don't get me wrong. There'll, there'll be there will be tears shed whenever that Seahawks post comes up saying thank you for the whatever and Bobby's gone. And that you know tears will be shed. I am sure because it just means so much to the the franchise and and the fans in in general for everything that he's done. Um, but if he decides, like you said, do you know what I, I am going to put my someone to like I, I mentioned him on the pod before. Someone like an Andrew Look. If he just says I'm going to put my health and my body first I don't need to prove anything else you know then then fair enough I, I, I wonder like you say Pez about potentially trading him what his trade value would be I mean you know I, no just because you said to find another team you know he's under contract through 2022 so if we weren't to play him next year you'd you know like you say you wouldn't want him sat on the sideline really for taking up 20 million in caps so then do you trade him but what what's his trade value going to be and do you know what I don't want to trade him I'd rather him just leave I would rather him just leave because he is, I know we've all talked about it before, about not being able to see Russell Wilson in another team's uniform, but thanks to the wonders of Photoshop, I think I've seen him in every team's uniform that has a first round <laughs> pick next year. So I've already seen that. But in terms well, that's of a conversation Wagner, for another pod. Oh yeah. In terms of Bobby Wagner, he just you just can't see him in another team. I just can't see him wearing 54 on another in another uniform. So I'd rather him just walk, even if we got a first round pick, second, whatever, 
I don't want it. Keep it and and let Bobby like end his career as a Seahawk. I would just be gutted that he didn't get the the black Seahawks jersey that he was petitioning for. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because that's one thing he said. He he will not retire until he gets one of those. He could. He could. also, he could do if we did release him and then try because obviously, this let, let's be realistic. The Seahawks, if they released him, they're going to resign him on a club friendly deal. Whether he wants that or not, that's a different thing. He might then turn around and go, Well, I'm going to see what the market's saying. If the market doesn't get give me what I want, seen that then occurred, yeah. I just go, I just leave, I just, I just retire. I don't Ooh. need football anymore, maybe, unless, but let's face it. One of the a, a contender will come in for Bobby Wagner. Oh, if, if Bobby Wagner is on the open market, yeah. a contender will go for him and will offer him the money he wants for a season, hoping yeah. that he could fill the middle of the defense enough. Like the Chiefs, clearly they surely can't financially afford it, but someone like the Chiefs, yeah, someone like the Chiefs who just needs a they've got, um. What's his bloody name? Matthew at the back. Mm. They've got Chris Jones at the front. And then if you put Bobby Wagner in the middle, that could transform that's that the spine of their defence, isn't it? Yeah, I, do exactly. you know, it, someone that I, I, I could see making sort of a knee-jerk push for it would be someone like the Philly Eagles, and it would make me physically sick well, get to Russ, see him. Get Russ and Bobby. Oh, that's no, a trade that, package and a half, isn't it? Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> What we get Jalen Hurts in a conditional fifth or something, bloody hell. Oh, yeah. uh, we 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 have got to we, we'll do a, we'll do a pod on this because I've yeah. got so many theories and preferences. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's we we obviously we're we're broadcasters. We we speculate. I I think this is genuinely one of those where you might as well just chuck up some shit into the wind and see where it lands because. Nobody knows what's going on behind these closed doors because the Seahawks are so good at smoke screens, at not letting on all the information. So you, all, all we can do is speculate. Yeah, we might we might get to the off season, and you know it could be Russ decides he wants to stay, but wants to do a team friendly deal because he's realised that he's making fucking millions every year from Nike and everything else he's got his fingers in, and his yeah. missus is a world. Well, American famous pop star. Yeah, she's sold a few you CDs, know? isn't she? She's done all right. Yeah. You know? And then you've got people like Bobby who might go, I want to retire a Seahawk. I live here. I love yep. this place. You drafted me when no one else would. Let's do this. Yeah. These are all the things that could happen. Or the house could get blown up. Everyone could fucking go. Could be a fire sale. And Pete could go. And they go, right, new coach. Do, do with that what you can. And, yeah. and will, they'll just be inheriting an absolute shit show. Do you know what? They'll have to pull it up. Yeah. Do you know what I will say before we leave that that Bobby Wagner topic? If that is his last game, that's a that's such an unfitting send off because I think oh, it's bitter, isn't it? The Russell Wilson narrative of that of that being his potential last game in Seattle completely <laughs> overtook and over overrode the the narrative around Bobby. And I think for him to get injured and to not to have played any part, if that was his last game. And his last and he didn't really play a snap or two. I'd, I'd be so gutted if that was it. Right. What made it worse was that he tried to come back on the field. Yeah, and he then did. they took him back off. Oh. So do you know? Um, do you know what's interesting about that? Whilst we're on the subject, so we might as well 
talk about who else on the subject about just quickly about Russ's last game, Bobby's last game, and all the speculation around it. Obviously, like I said before, there's a guest coming on where we're going to solely get into the nitty gritty, and there's probably yeah. going to be some arguments, and there's going to be some back and oh, yeah. forth, and that from who? None of us are argumentative. I don't know you're on about, mate. Flip I think all our, all, sure. all, our listen, all our listeners know who that is. <laughs> New member, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> Get, got his argumentative badge first week. I'm, I'm saying no. I'm saying nothing. <laughs> um, no, but um, do you know what I found very weird about it? I, I don't know if I messaged you guys or I messaged my brother um, about it. And I found very strange is why Russ stayed in the whole game. Now, swan song, mate. My theory is, so this is my theory, I don't think it's a swan song. I think, well, in theory, it could be a swan song because I think what it is is like Bobby trying to come back on the field when he's banged up because it's his last home game. Because I think genuinely, like you said, Josh, I think no one has a fucking clue what's going on. In, how I look at it is like, do you know how Pete goes, oh, me and Jody are on the same page? But he's sitting back, letting Shane do what the fuck he wants. Ross is playing the whole game after, with a dodgy hand. You'd think they would have pulled him, but they let him play that entire game and Bobby's trying to get back on the field. I honestly think that the key players in this whole off-season carousel what we're going to get involved in in the next two weeks when it starts I genuinely think these pieces they don't have a clue what they're going to do themselves I I, I genuinely don't think like Russ played that game like it was his last game yeah that's fair But, but was that because he knows it's his last game or is it because it was the Lions (laughs) no is it because it's up in the air yeah. How how many times have you, you get a score like that and you, you make your key players on your team get pulled? So in theory, oh, you could look at yeah. it and go, Bobby got pulled. So does that mean that they they want to protect Bobby and they don't really care about us? Yeah. Well, the, the Patriots did it this week against the Jags. They were up, I think, 44-10 yeah. on the Jags and they pulled uh, Mac Jones out of the... Uh, out, of the out of the drive and, and took the, the backup took over. So, like you said... Exactly. I just, I just found it weird. I just found it weird why Russ stayed in that whole game, hmm. and it, it, to me, I just came to the conclusion that it's like I said, it wasn't a swan song, but technically, like Josh said, it, it technically is a swan song, whether that's with his own doing or whether yeah. Jody does it. I, I, based on what you've just said, I think it's a swan song. I think it's Ross. I think it's Russ increasing his trade value by going, look what I can do. Flinging balls left, right and Charlie. Didn't make loads of yards, but got some touchdowns and actually run a little bit as well. He did, yeah. You know, I, that, that's my personal opinion. But I think if we carried on down this route, speaking about Russ Wilson, we would probably have, end up with a three-hour podcast. We yeah, would. yeah, probably, but... Um, I just wanted to bring, because it's part of the game, I wanted to bring that narrative in. And yeah. yeah. I, like you say, he did play well. He does deserve credit for his performance. I don't um, think it was um, stock value. 
because one game ain't going to change that. One season ain't going to change that. Look what the Colts pay for Carson Wentz. Look what mm. Donald went to the Panthers mm. for. Like, Russ can stink for a year and a half and you'd still get two first-round picks. Do you know what it is as well? I said I wasn't going to mention it, but if that was his, that Russ's last game as well, why are, you, why are you kneeling it on the one? I'm sorry, I said I wasn't going to mention it at the pod, but it, it wound me up so much. Like, let him quarterback sneak it. Let him stand there in the end zone with the football held alive. Like, and 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 then and then we're so play. fucked off by it. And Pete. I I sat there and I because I have a toddler in my house, I can't scream at a telly. Yeah. But I had to do the quiet scream of "What the fuck are you doing?" Yeah, and then yeah, I've just got it. I've just it's in here. It's 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 beautiful. It's po- poetic, isn't it? I'll tell you what the it ship, is. It's absolute bullshit. Is what it no, is. no, no. Listen to me. The ship started sinking, as people said at Super Bowl Forty Nine. On what yard? We know what. Oh, yard. have a word with yourself. Yeah. Next thing, yeah. The next part we're yeah. going to have aliens exist. <laughs> we're going to have the Titanic still actually out there. You know, it wasn't actually an iceberg. It was a torpedo. Get, get totally it's, off script. It's, it's what a, are you doing? It's, it's a fitting. It's a fitting end. No, but, well, no, no, because is. if if it was actually that conspiracy, he would have just done this to Pete Carroll. For those that can't see, it's two fingers. When Pete called a pass play and just got someone to run it in for a touchdown, <laughs> that would have been more fitting. Not <laughs> kneeling you, on the I'll tell, what, on the yeah, I'll tell you what it does in my opinion. On a more serious note, it, it, it offers a glimpse into the potential mindset of the of the of the franchise under Pete. In my opinion, I think that should, I don't want to be a nice team. Oh, this no kneeling no. on the one we're so. Want to go for the fucking juggler? Yeah, I don't want to be nice, like run it in. Like when when we won the Super you want to Bowl, fuck him up, man. yeah. But when we won the Super Bowl with all the play, they were nasty. They were horrible. Up in the Pacific Northwest, they were a horrible team to play. They were nasty. Don't get me wrong, we weren't bullies or, or, or you know hor- like full of you know your, your fucking Vontes perfect running around like anyone like that. You know they were they were you know classy players, but were bull- you know they were they were hard as nails. Like they'd shake your hand if you got up, but like you know they weren't sort of you know you know what I mean. But now it's like. It, 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 when kneeling on the wall, was I mean, you've, you've put you've put fifty one points on them already. Like if, if if you're on about trying to conserve their respect and, and decency for them, that ship had left the port of Seattle fucking two hours there, ago. There, so there is there's there's a well known sort of phrase, but I'm not going to use it due to certain incidents that happened. Um, but I'll use a an alternative. Um, which is just go for the jugular. I do not care if I'm 100 points up on a team. I will always, always, always go, have another touchdown. 2021 was hard enough. We want See, touchdowns. So we, like you said, James, we we spoke about this um, through the season, me and yourself, haven't we, about mm. comparing Bill Belichick and... That's the one thing that Pete got involved with this offense. It is clear as day because Bill Belichick, literally, the Jags might as well fold what he did to them. It was disgusting. He was ruthless. He was just like, ER Mac, people are slagging you off after that Bills game about you can't pass and you can't do this. You go and have some fun today, mate. Wheels are off. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, off he went. Oh, wow, wow. And then we've got fucking Super Pete. 
fucking right, you're gonna get me mad now. I'm trying to just make a light joke of it. I think that ship sailed the port of Seattle as well. <laughs> do you know what no, I mean? No, I no, 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 because no, we've still got to bring him back a positive pez shortly. So oh, yeah, we do, yeah. Oh, no, I'm good. We'll I'm leave good. that. I'm good. <sighs> So is there, is, is there anyone else that we think what we want to mention from that Lions game yes. that, that haven't had a mention so far? Go on then. I just need to go back onto my uh, page a second. It's just my number one guy. Oh, is it? Uh, is it? Does it start with a J and end with a B? By any chance? So maybe, maybe. So yeah. Jordan Brooks. Here he is. Oh, Bobby Wagner. <sighs> had recently broke the Seahawks tackle record. He had. What was his own record? It was. He broke broke his own record again. Jordan Brooks, and this is very, very likely gonna happen against the Cardinals, is six tackles away, like Josh had earlier, from passing Bobby. I think he needs seven to pass Bobby. If he passes Bobby, he then becomes the single season tackle leader for the whole franchise. But he can't cover Pez. I know. He can't, he can't and, cover. And people want to bitch about his covering. He's about to become the single season tackle leader for the franchise. To add to that, he's the first person since Zach Tom, Thomas. My phone's gone really dark. One second. I'll redo that. Zach Thomas in 2004 to record 10 plus tackles in eight straight games. Yeah. Yeah. And which now. I love that because one thing I love about him is the physicality, his aggression, how quick he is to get to the line. And people, like you said, James, will push back and say, but he's not that good in coverage. Mm. But I remember reading an article saying that, like I've said multiple times since we've done this podcast, I am not an expert in what you'd call the X's and O's, you know, what each yeah. physician's meant to do, and da, 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 da. I just love to rant and have my say with a bit of factual information in there. Now, I read this article where stated that if Jordan Brooks was in the middle, his coverage would actually be a lot better because that's what he's used to doing. Mm. Through college, everything was the middle. Now, at will, it's a little bit different, and there was a game he highlighted what said they actually put him in coverage situations that showed how well he can actually cover. I think it might have been the first Rams game, how well he could actually cover, but they keep exposing his weaknesses. And we mentioned this multiple times with this team, like when Russ wasn't playing well, exposing his weaknesses, exposing the O-line's weaknesses. Blah, 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 blah. So it, it, that intrigues me. I'd love to I'd, lo- I'd love him to just get into the middle and prove people wrong or prove me wrong and then I've got to go cry. Yeah. Well, well like before before. before we bring positive Pez in, I think just a little prediction that I'm going to throw out there. Over the next couple of years, I think John Brooks will shift into the middle. I think they'll move Daryl Taylor to weak side linebacker and I think J- uh, Jamal Adams will be in the Sam. I think that I think that's the future of the linebacker. Oh, oh my friend, my friend, you, you Josh are is just climbing. Na- I, I, I am I'm sorry. I, I currently look like that guy from South Park. <laughs> oh, sorry, Josh. Oh. I, I do that to people. Uh, well, no. Oh, no. <laughs> well, Josh, we're a family-friendly show. This is I, making noises like language. that. This is why we don't video this because you know James has that effect on people. We couldn't yeah, have uh, too many people I mean. like that watching this. Um, 
I, I, I've, I've banged this drum. I think you are bang on. However, Daryl Taylor, I, I don't want to take him away from that that rush. That'd be my only. That'd be the only thing I pull out of that. That I would yeah. want him to to keep on the edge, rushing people. Because I think as soon as you put him in coverage, you lose that. That hit. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Um, Jesus. But I think that's a that's a great shout. Yeah, because yeah. Dunlap is still technically classed as a linebacker and you don't really see him dropping into coverage. So I'd, I don't think it would mean taking him away from the line of scrimmage totally because, like you say, he has been fantastic there. But his build, his size, his, his arm, he looks like a linebacker, in my opinion. And, he's and, and, and you know, you don't put him in the middle because then I think, you know, that that takes on more responsibility in terms of coverage and stuff like that. But on that on that weak side with Jamal on the other side, that those excellent tacklers who can rush... Rush the quarterback. I th- I think that could be one of the solutions potentially moving forward. Whether it'll happen or not, I don't know. But that's what I would probably like to see going forward. I'd certainly like to see it put into test anyway. Um, Jamal's on linebacker money. Make him a linebacker. Yeah. Um. That was one of his quotes. He he wants linebacker money because he plays the same. He plays in both. So go. Hybrid, let him go for it. Go, let um, him go there. Yeah. I I I think the well, what what you've both said about the Brooks. About to break a record um, and putting him into the middle is fine. My massive concern, and I've said this before, is the fact that Bobby and Jordan Brooks make so many tackles because people get beyond our D-line or through our D-line, which necessitates the tackle. Or they realise that we stand far too far off players and they just dump these little passes off. I'd love to see that get corrected. Don't get me wrong, i I'd love seeing our linebackers make these hits, but I'd love to see that get corrected first. Yeah, that 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 is true, and and that there is a narrative to that as well. But like I say, I think we've talked about it as well as on this podcast a lot. Tackling technique it shows that you can tackle oh, at, the, at yes. the very least. Because I thought, I mean, that I don't know if you can remember as well, but that digs from from uh, the Rams game, and and we just let the get like there's been problems in the secondary, so you can't take these numbers for granted in terms of the tackling technique that it shows that he's got. Um, you know, he very rarely misses tackles. Yeah. So yeah, you know, our D line. To be fair, I think interior wise it has been pretty good pass rushing wise this year. Um, it has really been the run defense that's let us down at times. But if you can fix that, then you know, I, 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 the, the the future is still very bright. That's what you know people will be saying, and we'll talk about this more when it comes to the end of the season review and everything like that. But you know, it isn't all doom and gloom. It has been a bad year, but there are still so many positives to take forward in terms of the young players that we that we've got that we keep talking about that that could lead us into this new new direction, whichever way we we go with it, starting with this off season. Um, but should we bring in positive Pez to 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 wrap up the podcast? Surely you've got some positives. Come on, Pez. Fifty-one. I told point. you. Come on. You put me on the spot here, James, because I told you I've packed. The positive ped suitcase away until next year. Now I'm well, uh, unzip it, son. I'm it's coming out. <laughs> but I'm gonna. That, that sounded wrong as well, by the way. <laughs> yeah. There's been a lot. There's been a lot of faux pas in this and yeah. double entendres. Yeah, so. right, Enjoy, yeah. folks. We're yeah. gonna have to put X-rated <laughs> on our Spotify, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with Josh's theme. You know, I'm gonna piggyback on that, and I think that. I don't care if we win or lose because it doesn't really fucking matter. All we want to see in this last game is some entertainment. We yeah. want to see, we want to see Madden, and the yep. Cardinals will come and play if we. Because one thing I didn't mention about this, because it was just like 
we were watching Madden because there's was, was crazy shit going on. It went very unnoticed that, in my opinion, the defense just got passed all over. So, bring that forward is a positive. Let the offense do exactly what they were going to do, and let's just see an absolute shootout. Russ yeah. versus Kyler, Penny versus Kyler, because that's what Kyler does. <laughs> QB Come on, James Connor, come on. He, he, he's fucked, isn't he? James Connor. They'll say, and 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 I know they're going for the division, but I don't think they'll play James Conner. But anyway, so I, I, I just I'm going to go with Josh. I'm going to jump on his back. I'm going to say we're gonna we're going to have the same same attack mode plan for the as the Lions to the cards, and it's just going to be an absolute bombbuster. Fuck it if we lose. Fuck it if we win. We just want to see points all over the gaff. We want to see onside kicks in the second quarter. We want to see that fucking all lot. Well, that's, that's why... Why are you rolling that, your eyes? Well, well, that, that's your why Pez isn't the head coach of the Seahawks then, isn't it? <laughs> Dear no, no, me. No. Onside kicks in the second right, quarter. Right, here he comes again. Here he comes. He wants me to unpack the suitcase. And he just gets negative about everything I say. Yeah, he's the onside James. kicks in the second quarter. James Parker, prophet of doom. I'm just going to start calling yeah. you pod. Prophet of Doom. Uh, I'll, I'll find a compliment in there somewhere, so don't worry. I'll, you I'll want backfire. a section of positiveness. You've just got do, to yeah. be ridiculous. Yeah, not, not ridiculous. ludicrousness. I'm not asking no, no, for ludicrousness. You've just got to get on board, James. Oh, I'm on board. Hey, you're the one who packed up the suitcase. I'm on board. I'm on the flight, me. So it, I, right. I, I put so onside kicks judging. in the second quarter. Stop judging the de- destination. Do you me? Where are we going? Oh, fucking Never Neverland. Never Neverland. Well, I, I hope it is with onside kicks in the place. I hope it is. Never Neverland. Hearing me, but no, I like you. I like you. I like your style. I like what you're going for. Um, so my positive, fair, fair enough to, to appease James. Thank you. My positive is earlier I stated that I reckon Pete's going to take back control and yeah. it's going to be boring old offense, conservative because he doesn't want to get blown out and look a fool. Well, I'm going to say. As positive Pez, that mm-hmm. is not. It's going to be a bomb buster. There's going to be thirty plus points either side. There's yeah, going to be now. I can get on board. Interceptions left, right, and centre. Everything. Michael Jackson thriller dance in the end zone. Everything. Come oh, on, yes. let's have it. Last yes, game of the James, season. We're, Anything could. We're on the train. Let's go. In the <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying, Josh? Um, I really want it to be just as Pez said. I want it to be a gunslinging barn buster. Yeah. But I think the cars have got too much on the line. So I don't think they're going to be spreading it around. They're going to play a formulated football that will get them the win. I reckon James Connor will play um, if he's not injured. And I reckon they're just going to try and absolutely just drub us running it through the middle and then going at our weak corners. <sighs> Yeah. Score-wise, I, I, again, I just really want them to go, fuck it, let's just go for it. And I want us to put 30 points up there. I really do. But yeah. I generally don't. This is a difficult one for me. It's the last game of the season. I've got so many things pushing around my head. So I'm just going to go, top of my head, I'm going to go Seahawks because I, I was burnt last time. I said it wasn't going to be the Seahawks win. Um Seahawks 20. 
24. Cardinals, 21. Okay. For me, um, for me, I, I can get, I'm, get on board completely. For me, I, I, I kind of like the, not in the sense that I don't like when we're not playing for anything, but the cards are going to be a bit nervous. They've got the division on and, and seeding and everything like that, as far as I'm aware still. Let's just go in there and fucking give them rock all for the last game. I know we haven't got anything to play for, but let's see if we can upset a few people. Go in there with, with no fear. Why Why would you? Everyone who, who gets a snap, you know, just give it your everything. See who make see you know who can make the team next year. See who can stamp their authority on on their on their respective positions. Let, let let's have a party in 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 the desert and 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 just you know and, and let's just upset the the Cardinals end of season party. You know and 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 that's what we've got the opportunity to do. And, and why wouldn't we? As much as we haven't got anything to play for in terms of you know anything playoff draft anything like that really, you know, you've got the chance to spoil one of your division rivals. Swan song end of season regular season party and let's let's go and do it. That'd so, be it for me. Yeah. I'll, so I'll do you know what? That. Twenty-seven Seahawks Cardinals seventeen. Sorry. Thirty-five twenty. Thirty-five thirty-two to the Seahawks. It, 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 it's 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 amazing. It, it's amazing what a win against the Lions can do, isn't it? <laughs> Dearing me. I've you lost my mind. Are. Last game of the season. Well, who yeah. gives a fuck? Well, that's what I mean. Party hats, put everything. Let, let, let's let's go there and just party try. Party at P- Positive Pez's house. But yeah, party at Positive P-P-P. Pez's house. P-P-P. It's a bit far for me to come. I, 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 have, uh, I have absolutely, well, I do. Not when I, you're on I, the positive train, Josh. <laughs> Not when you're on the positive train, my mate. You'll probably come on here next week and look like uh, total prats now for... for for trying to, to get up, but you know, yeah, couldn't care, less. couldn't care less really. End of the season, last last chance we get to watch our team for eight so months. Let's just enjoy it as much End as we can. End of the season, we have a party podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's setting party plans. Podcast. Podcast. Get the beers do in. You know, do, do you know what we're going to do for the end of the year? I'm going to call it now. It, whatever happens in that game, we're just going to talk about our best moments of the season. Let's just, before we get into all the sticky, horrible shit, let's just talk about, it could be a play, it could be a defensive touch, it could be a, like, defensive play, a touchdown, just out. Let's just have a fucking laugh for the last podcast. Oh, if we can't laugh at this year's season, then then when can we, really? I mean, there's been some... No little holes opening where we could fall into and then go into a massive state of depression. We'll save that for another one. Yeah, On the I'm already there after, after the this co- season. After <laughs> the Cardinals. Well, take some happy pills <laughs> and get on board. All right? That's what's happening. Next podcast, it's all about the fun. Lovely. I can't wait now. Yeah, let, 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 like I said, let's just see what we can go and I've do. I've got a bit see too positive can... now. I've got, gone yeah, like you have. Hey. I think you need to go for a lie down. <laughs> Nah, you, you, you're positive, Pez. That, that that's what you do, mate. So, um, yeah. As far as I'm, as far as I'm concerned, I've got nothing else that I want to want to rant about you with for for this episode because, we're, like you say, we'd be here for hours and hours and hours because um, we, we've done well not mentioning that 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 man with an R. We, we've only briefly mentioned him. Um, like you say, we'll be talking about him all off season. I think so. And the man with a P. The man with a P. Sounds a bit weird. But that does sound a bit weird. <laughs> 
I don't. I, I just repeated that, not to it's you, not, to myself. There, it's not been. It's not been the smoothest of podcasts. Not gonna lie. So <laughs> fuck it. Yeah, but like you say, it's the end of the season. We've all lost our heads. It's like you know. James James is looking at this now. Going, I've got so much editing to do. I've got no editing. <laughs> nothing. I've got no I, editing. I have to do. faith in the so, commander so in chief everyone, to leave what, everything yeah. in there. Welcome <laughs> to the We Talk Seahawks podcast. Where yeah. <laughs> We don't do editing. Yeah, so many of you have probably, if you tuned into that Lofa Tatupu episode you did last week, you know, and, and, and that we did a few weeks back, and you've listened to this one as your second episode, you probably thought you're listening to a to a different episode after after this, because uh, this is what we're normally like, by the way, when we're not got our suit and ties on and we're talking to talking to important people. Um, talking to Seahawks royalty. Yeah, know. talking to Seahawks royalty. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like I say, we'll, we'll have some more special guests on in the uh, in the coming weeks and months, and like you say, we'll we'll, we'll well, we've got a good one lined up for the uh, for the end of season party podcast that we'll be doing. That I'm sure we'll uh, we'll have a fun little debate with him um, and like saying wide forward that in the coming days and weeks. But uh, but yeah, as far as it goes for tonight, lads, it's been really fun. And like you say, um, it, it, it's it's crazy what a win over the Lions can do. Hopefully, it'll get even more crazy next week after a win over the Cardinals. Um, bring the band back. Let's bring do the it. Band Fuck back. it. Let's Lions do it. win. Let's go. We're all playing Madden. There you go. I'll, I'll, I'll end that by saying rest in peace to John Madden, uh, massive legend, and, and obviously left us uh, left us since we've been on the podcast. So yeah, big respect. Um, but no, yeah, lads, it's been great. Thanks for tuning in, everyone, and uh, and go Hawks, man. Go, go Hawks. Hawks.